Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. All right, today is a preacher's dream day. There's not a bad scripture in, in all of this. I mean, you, it, it, we could have preached from Genesis, you know, about God and, and Elohim, like he said. The Trinity is present to create everything, and it's good. And what does that mean? And man, very good. Oh, you, you know, that'll preach. Psalm 150, the culminating psalm of the whole book of Psalms. You know, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That'll preach. The gospel, you know, where, where Jesus gives the great commission. Go everywhere and, and, and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so there's Trinity there. And that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. We're a family of disciples that make disciples, right? That'll preach. We know it. We've preached on that before. That's a good one. And then I read out of Second Corinthians, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. And I thought, how do you do that? So guess what we're looking at today? <laughs> examine yourselves, Paul writes, to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus the Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Now, now he's writing to a group of people. Keep that in mind as we're going, looking at this verse. Examine yourselves. Is, is Jesus here among us? How do you know? How do you test that? You know, is it, is this a theological thing, you know, where we go through and we'll, we'll do some multiple choice on theology items? Ushers, can you go ahead and bring that forward? I'm kidding. We're not doing that. I'm kidding. I saw a couple of eyes get really big. No, we're not doing that. But how do you test yourselves? How, how do you figure out? I mean, are we just good people or is Jesus here? All right. So I started looking into it. Uh, I, I, I thought, well, maybe if I go back and I, I read the rest of the letter, Paul gives some kind of clue. So I went back and I read the whole thing. You know, Second Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1, you know, up through the end that we read today. Uh, and, and I found something in chapter 6 that I thought was interesting. So really what I'm going to do is go back to chapter 6 to give us something to, to think about and to cogitate on, some questions to ask. Um, 2 Corinthians 6. Paul is, is saying here, he, he's talking about how he and his companions live. And I thought it brought up some interesting things to us. Paul and his companions live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. No one will find fault with our ministry. And everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. How do you show that, Paul? I mean, what does it mean that you're showing that? We patiently, this is the first thing that, that shows, I think, that, that Paul is saying, hey, look at this. If you're, not a, if you're not truly in the Lord, you're not going to see this. So here's the first thing that I just humbly submit to you that we do that shows that, that we're true ministers of the Lord. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities. Of every kind. 
that got me thinking, wow, how do I deal with hardships? What do I do when it gets tough? You know, that may be a good question to ask ourselves. What do you do when it's tough? Um, how do you react? Really, what's, what's in your heart? And there's, I, I, I want to recognize something. There, there are kind of two sides of the same coin that, that go into answering that question. We've been talking a lot. I've, I've been pointing out over the past season a lot of the things that we need to do to show that we're, we're different, that we're different people, that we're called to take actions that are different from what most people in the world may take. And I focus a lot on the choices that we make. And it's, it's very real. But the other side of that same coin is those choices most rightly flow out of a different heart. I mean, if you're, if you're different on the inside, you'll make different choices. You can make different choices, but it's hard to be consistent in that. And it's hard to keep it up if you're not different on the inside. Right? You, see, you know where I'm coming from? Um, there's a change that happens when you receive the, the gospel of Jesus, when you believe in Him, when you trust Him, when you submit your life to Him and, and, and give it over to be His. And, and Scripture tells us in, in different ways that we're born again, that we're given new life, that God breathes into us His Holy Spirit as a seal that guarantees our, our future inheritance. We're different from the point that we encounter the living God and receive Jesus as our Messiah. Okay? And when we're different, it sure helps to be different on the inside in order to make different choices. Right? To live up to it. Agree? And so when I was reading through this, and I read Paul saying, we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. One of the things that stands out to me is I think that Paul is just, he didn't mean to point this out. I don't think, you know, but he was different on the inside. There's something about the life of Jesus in him that enabled him to be patient when troubles and hardships came. And they came. I mean, he says, we've been beaten. We've, we've been put in prison. We faced angry mobs. We've worked to exhaustion. We endured sleepless nights and gone without food. And I think the unwritten part of it is, and we didn't deserve any of it. And, but it got me thinking, okay, if in that... And I don't know if you've ever been in an unjust situation. You didn't deserve it, and it happened to you anyway. Were you patient? I mean, the, you know, there are times that we probably say yes, and times we say no. But, but what's the consistent thing that's coming out of your character? I think if we're going to find out if Jesus in among us, is among us, it, that it helps to examine each of us. If Jesus would be in all of us, in our community, if we can recognize his presence among us, then it stands to reason we should recognize his presence in each of us. And that's why I'm asking an individual question on this. What, how do you react when you're in the fire? 
And I'm not asking you to look for the awful things and the places where you where you mess up because we we mess up, right? But in general, are you growing in something that gives you patience in that? That's a good question to ask. If you are patient, it, it, it probably is testimony that Jesus is among you. Paul goes on, he says, this is, this is how we prove ourselves. You know, you, if, if I'm going to prove that, Paul says, that, that we're really ministers of God, that we're not just charlatans, that we're not, you know, we're not just out to make a buck, we're not just, you know, if, if we're the real deal, how do I prove it? Okay, we prove it by our purity. So that makes me ask the question, what, are you, are you pure? Am I pure? What does he mean by that? You know, when Jesus is among us, when we have that relationship with him, there are things that we don't engage in. There are things that we don't talk about in, in polite company, right? That, that there is an essence to our lives, not because we're really trying hard and gritting our teeth, but there's an essence to our lives that, that speaks to the kind of life that Jesus lived. And if you're born again, if, if he's on the inside of you, that should be something, the aroma of Christ should be coming from you in that. That, that holiness, that, that, that not getting, you know, that not playing in the gutter. We talked a little bit about that in Sunday school this morning. If you're really a king's kid, if you're really a prince or a princess of, of the emperor of the universe, and he's adopted you as his own and, and given you his characteristics, kind of makes you not want to play in the gutter. Are you playing in the gutter? I mean, all of us find ourselves, in, you know, anyway, we, there are things that we all wish we could erase, but... What's the characteristic, what's the overriding characteristic in your life? Do you have a purity about yourself? He says we prove ourselves by our understanding. There is a, a, when, when you're born again, we have every right to expect, because Jesus said that this would happen, that the counselor, the Holy Spirit who comes to indwell us and to live among us also teaches us of the Lord. He reveals things to us in the scriptures that have been hidden. He helps to put things together, you know, to make connections for us. He teaches us who he is and who we are. And that that's something that comes and uh, you get an understanding. It changes how you see the world. It changes how you see other people. It's, it becomes woven into the fabric of your life. It, Paul said we can, we can prove ourselves by our understanding. We, we see what God is doing. He's revealed it to us in Scripture, and, and the Holy Spirit is teaching us all about it in ways that we didn't know before. But we're growing there. Are you? Are you growing in that? Do you, are you growing in that understanding that comes from Jesus? 
uh, Philemon 6, uh, Paul writes this little, little thing. says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will come to have a greater understanding of those things that we have in Christ. That when you share some, you gain some. Is that, are you finding that true? Test yourselves. Test yourselves. This is, can I say that's true of me? Am I, do I, am I growing in understanding? How about patience? Now, the first time that, that Paul brought up patience where we just looked at it, that, that's a word that means it's a, it's a cheerful expectation in the middle of calamity. There's a hopefulness that's like, huh, I don't care what your document says, I know what's true. And there's this cheerfulness about it. And that's woven into the word. This is a different kind of patience. This is long-suffering. This is the patience of, well, this has been going on a long time. (laughs) But I'm not giving up. You may not be cheerful in the midst of it, but you're not giving up because of it. It's a different kind of patience. And Paul says, you know... We've encountered that. This is one of the ways that we we want to prove to you that we really are ministers of the Lord. Look at our lives. We're not giving up. A lot of folks have given up. They've gone home. And we're not. What does that say to you? And so if Paul is saying that's how you prove it, then I think it's up to us to ask ourselves, how do we do in that? Let's test ourselves. Are we long-suffering? There are things that you just can't fake for long, aren't there? Then he says, here's another way that we prove it. We prove it by our kindness. And, And it's not just that we're sweet to people. There's a moral excellence about what we do. And it's really a bigger word. It's, it's, it, it talks about uh, we're consistently making a moral choice that we may not have made before. But if you look at our lives, Paul says, you're going to see that, that we're doing the right thing over and over and over. Whether you're watching or not, we're doing it. And it includes, we're being sweet to you, but it's much bigger than that. So we're proving it by our, our, our kindness. How, how are you doing in that church? Is that something that if, if you asked your friends to describe you, would they say, oh yeah, that's so and so, they're kind, they're, they're doing the right thing on a regular basis. Test yourselves. How is that? How is that going with you? Paul says, here's another way that we prove it. It's by the Holy Spirit within us. And I started scratching my head. I'm like, wow. (laughs) How do you prove that one, Paul? So church, how do you prove that? I'm not being rhetorical. I'll take a couple of answers here. How do you know if the Holy Spirit is within you? Pardon? 
We have an assurance inside that Jesus is Lord. That is part of it. Absolutely. What else? Yes, sir. By the love that we have for one another, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit within us. What else? Yes. What? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, are these things growing in you? That's evidence of the Holy Spirit within you. Mm. Yeah, something's prompting me not to do that and to do this. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit within you. Miracles. Evidence of the Holy Spirit within you. That is certainly not evidence of me. It's evidence of, of the Holy Spirit within you. One more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He guides us, right? He guides us, and we have that sense of somebody in some way whispering in our ear. But it's also something that other people can look at. And when other people look at it, you know, it, I tell you what, if, we're, if they're, we're praying for things and they're happening and miracles are going on and, you know, there are tongues and prophecies amongst us that are convicting people and, and bringing them into a closer relationship with the Lord... It says even non-believers look at that and go, huh, God's really among you. Test yourselves. How are we doing? How are we doing? And, and Paul also says, we, here's another thing that, that proves it. You know, here's some evidence for you that, that we're really true. We have a sincere love. We're not just acting. You know us too well. If we were acting, I mean, that's just a veneer, isn't it? And when you look behind the curtain, ain't nothing there. You know what I'm talking about? You, don't you know when somebody really loves you? And when somebody's just kind of playing at it? I mean, really, come on, don't you know? You know it in other people. What do other people think of you? Test yourself. How is this? Do you have enough evidence in your life that Jesus is in your life? Do we as a congregation have enough evidence that Jesus is among us? Now, I'm not saying this to our shame. I'm saying this because for some reason Paul found it necessary to tell a group of Christians, hey, figure out if this is really true with you. So if Paul can say that and... God thought that was important enough that he kept it around for 2,000 years so that we could read it. Maybe we should do that. And he, he goes on. This more, you know, you can keep on reading in 2 Corinthians 6. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for, de- for defense. You know, in other words, I, I think what he's saying here is... That, that the best way that we can change what's going on in this world is by being righteous. And the best defense that we have against the things that come against us is by being righteous. Is that true for us? How are we doing? How are we doing? Let's, uh, let's consider, what was the verse from Bible study this morning? Don't consider yourselves more highly than you ought. Right? 
Have sober judgment when you look at yourself. Let's have sober judgment. Not to beat ourselves up. That is not my point. My point is, are we growing in the grace of our Lord Jesus? Are we growing in the love of God? Are we, are we growing in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? That's how Paul ends his whole letter, by encouraging that. And, and there are two sides to the coin. One side, it comes because you've been born again. It comes because you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit is present in you to transform your life. The other side of the coin is you're choosing to let it happen. You're choosing to let it come out. You're choosing to do this stuff. It's both sides. It takes both of them. How are we doing? Like I said, lately I've been focusing on the choices we've made. we make. Today, it's a little different. I'm, I'm kind of asking, what's in your heart with this? Do you have sincere love? Are you, are, are you really doing it? Examine yourselves. Test yourselves. Where are you? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I expect most of you in the room say yes. That's why you're here this morning. There may be somebody here that you're like, I don't know. Never been asked. Well, I'm asking this morning. Do you have that? First Corinthians uh, 15. Paul says, "Here's something. Here, here's the good news. Here's here's the news that if you really receive this, if you take it in and let it do its work on you, it'll transform you. The Messiah, we know his name, Jesus, died for our sins, just like the Scripture said." He was buried, and on the third day, just like the Scripture said, He rose from the dead. Do you know that? Do you trust it? Have you let that have its work in you? Or is that news? It's like, I don't know if I believe that or not. That's okay. Start there. Nobody's looking down on you for not being there yet. Start there. John, Jesus' best friend, wrote this, John 1.12. To all who believed him, all who believed Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. When you receive Jesus, you're reborn You have a whole new life that you didn't have before. And that's essential for being able to make these different choices. Paul wrote the Romans 10.9. He he said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord. And if you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Something is different with you. And you enter that new life. Now, a lot of you have said yes. And you're examining yourself to see, am I being fruitful? Right? Because you've said yes to Jesus. And some of you are examining your life this morning and saying, I kind of wish that I had some of that. I don't know if this is real or not. And I'm telling you it is. And I'm telling you, you can receive that today. And you can start that relationship today if you've never started it before. And just receive that and say, okay, God, I'll go with this. Your Lord, 
You died for my sins. You were buried. You rose from the dead. Nobody does that but God. And I'm willing to be yours. Come into my life and change me. So, today is your day. Church, today is your day to examine ourselves as a whole and say, is Jesus really among us? Do we have the evidence that that he really is the Lord of our lives? And if not, how do we lay down our lives before him to say more of you and less of us? Today is also your day, if you've never made that choice before, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's your day, too. Say, I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but it sounds pretty good, and I'm, I, I need something. So, let's pray. Lord God, we want more of you. Oh God, we want to see evidence of you at work amongst us. We want to know the evidence that Jesus is truly among us. So many of us, God, have said yes to you. And Lord, would you pour out even more grace so that we can even more have that aroma of Christ and take on those characteristics as a community here. And God, I pray for those who have yet to make that choice and maybe are making it today, that you would meet them right now and reveal yourself to them and reveal that you are the true God and that your love is such that you gave your son for us, that we could become your children. We can be born again because of the life that you put in us through Jesus. And I want to give just a minute for any and all of you to silently ask the Lord what you need to ask him. And then we'll close. So do business with God right now. Lord Jesus, come into hearts today. God, seal with your Holy Spirit the guarantee of the inheritance that we have of this new life. And if you are one that today you've received Christ and you've been born again, I want you after communion to go over here to to work. Folks are praying, and I want you to tell one of the, the folks who was, who was over there to pray with you. Tell them you, you prayed that today and you received Jesus so that they can pray with you and bless you, and we can help you walk in that. Okay? Amen. All right.
I'm going to close this with the, the last words of Second Corinthians. And they say this in Africa all the time. In my, my experience in Kenya, the whole church will say this together. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. 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 Stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.